I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to Still Got Legs, a Doctor Who rewatch podcast brought to you by Another Happy Studios. We may not be ready, but sadly it's time to say goodbye to the Ninth Doctor. This is the parting of the ways. Hello Lawrence, it's Docky Who o'clock. Oh, is that the time? Yeah, it's Docky O'Clock. <laughs> I haven't looked at my watch in a while. Oh, no, I'm a Time Lord now. Is that how the pocket watch works? Uh, well, I mean, I guess, yeah. That was a good it's reference. It's a very boiled-down oh, version of it, but, yeah, that's pretty much how it works. Epic. Yeah. Oh, there's so much to talk about today. Is there? No, there is. There's, there's <laughs> more. Um, Yes, it, we're here. It is the the final episode, the last forty five minutes we have with our beautiful boy Christopher Eccleston and the Ninth Doctor, um, and and so much ground covered in in this episode. What what they do with like forty five minutes? Yeah, there's so much going on. Lot. Yeah, fucking loads. Yeah. I um, but look, before before we get into the the whole thing, um, I want to make it known. In the spirit of Christopher Eccleston's last uh, tenure as the Doctor, or last outing on the big screen as the Doctor, uh, I poured myself a drink to salute to him. Uh, Did you? So, yeah, I had a nice little whiskey. When? When I watched the episode. Not right now, no. Oh, I thought you meant like right now. Like, I just recorded a whole other podcast with you. Like, where was you hiding this? <laughs> yeah, it's just lukewarm now. The ice has <laughs> melted, so it's just a watery whiskey waiting for me. Um, no, I you had a little, you had a little, uh, a little, a little goodbye drink. Well, I did, with, uh, I did, because we've we've spoken about this a few times. Like mm. we've all rewatched this show before. Um, yes, this is no one's first time going back through it. I'd imagine. If it is, great. I'm sorry if we spoil stuff for you, um, or your first time. Yeah, but like, no, I just I I feel weirdly connected to this rewatch because obviously we're I've never spoken about all these episodes in depth before, so. Yes. Yeah, it was just a shame, and I I went into it obviously knowing this is the last outing 
of of the night how, how are you how are you finding this rewatch especially with um the the weekly format because there are, there are a lot of times where i just want to put the next episode yeah. on straight away but then i'm like oh no i can't i need to i need to wait and and watch it close to when we record because it's it's yeah. hard sometimes it is because I'm yeah. I'm like you I'm very much like I definitely just want to click the next one last last week especially I just wanted to go straight into the parting of the ways yeah me too yeah um but at the same time it's, it's like we're watching it like as it aired once again yeah. just we're doing the weekly thing yeah and it's like it's you know it's hard but at the same time I think that's why I'm appreciating it more because I actually have to sit with yeah. the episodes yeah as they are and I can't just like like the taste of like the long game like i have to sit with the highs and the lows yeah um but all in all like you've like you've always said you have to take the show it with its highs and lows and this is this is fucking high and it it is it this is the highs of highs mm. here we go like we've been saying season 1 you know surprisingly it's often forgotten often missed but hey a lot more bangers than misses, in my opinion. Oh, definitely. That we've experienced it uh, this season, um, and and it's always good to end on a strong note, to end on uh, on a banger. Really, this so. this is the definition of like leaving them wanting more. Yeah, because I was exactly. like when it came around, I was just not ready for it to be Chris Freckleston's last scene. No, no, it was it's a uh, it builds up to quite an uh, an emotional moment, but we're not there yet, Lawrence. Oh, we got plenty to discuss before we get uh to those emotional final moments um as we start off the episode the doctor and jack are on the way to get rose we finally get the uh and for my next trip the <laughs> moment where he appears in the in the 50th anniversary yeah I, I when that happened i went it's this one and like of course <laughs> it was this one because we haven't seen it yet yeah and there's only a handful of moments you can pick from um if you... Is there a way that it could work that it's the same moment that it's that that uh, some sort of time dilation happens because he's it's fighting the time war technically in yeah. in this scene is there a way with some weird bullshit logic that we pull out of our ass that we can make it connect? I like your idea, <laughs> but no. Okay. I don't think we can do that. I don't think we can headcanon that far. I, I I feel like I need longer to sit down and think about it, but I think it could be done. I think there's some bullshit explanation that could be made. But Someone smarter than us has probably connected those dots already. Potentially. That wouldn't surprise me, actually. But, but before we even get to, and for my next trick, because this opening is fucking heavy. Like I made It was like a note per fucking 30 seconds for me. All right. And I just, so like... Firstly, I don't know if we discussed this last week, but we probably should have done. What do you think of the Dalek ship design? Um, it's it's um, it's it's kind of like a classical UFO design, really, like mm. uh, like the flying saucer sort of thing, like the the dome and the, the like disc shaped spaceship, yeah, sort of thing. I think it's definitely like one of the lazier ones, but at the same time, like it works because that's what a Dalek looks like with the like the the spinning. Yeah kind of segments and stuff i think it's the same design from classical who as well oh really yeah well, that... although in classical who, i think they were just a bit more shiny but... <laughs> famously no one in the 60s had imagination so that checks out um, <laughs> <laughs> um no the, i think the the daleks are fucking again this is all before like them for my next trick the um the daleks just turn around to rose and they're like 
You know him. Predict what he will do. Predict. <laughs> yeah. Predict. <laughs> it's just very funny that they again they we said it last week. They've they've immediately um engaged shit your pants protocol. Yeah, yeah, which which they do. And and following on from that, there's a moment which which I really love and fucking for, for his final episode, Chris, he really fucking goes all out for it. He is there's a moment where he's talking to the Daleks, where he's he's on their ship, and he is just cold as fuck with them. Mm. The moment where he's like, um, "Oh, you've had all your emotions removed, but I reckon you've still got a little bit of fear left inside of you. Fear for me, the oncoming storm, or whatever." And it's like, "Ooh, ooh, <laughs> I love that." That might, there's a it's a really funny moment, and I love it when the Daleks get a bit physical comedy esque. Um, Because the doctor turns around to him and the Dalek like flinches. But how the Dalek flinches is it just goes (laughs) and just wheels back a little bit. (laughs) Um, But but again, I like, yeah, you have to assume that at one point there were just a bunch of Daleks sat around like in like the hundreds of years that they were in hiding. Like one of them came in. They were like, what are you guys discussing? They were like, not much. And they're like, we were thinking of cool names for the doctor, actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're like, oh yeah, what you got? And that one's like the oncoming storm, and he went, "Oh, that's good. That that is is, he is scary. I'll give you that." Um, I, I just love, I love those bits where you have to, because that's what the Daleks call him. So you have to assume at one point a bunch of dustbins have got together and had a gossip. Well, they have been known to do that. They have been shown to have a little bitchy gossip here and there throughout the show. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Um, so we'll definitely see more of that. Um. But yeah, but yeah, it's it's a great moment again. Chris Eccleston giving it his all. Mm. Um, there's been no points throughout the series where he's been lacking. He's he's always phenomenal. Yeah, really. He just yeah, he just doesn't phone in a single scene. No. Um, the TARDIS has like a, Jack obviously gives it the force field, but the TARDIS has no defenses. What's that for? Why? Why? Because it's not a it's not a warship, is it? Why would it? Well, no. Because but in the, like the first episode, he says to Rose like fucking. Genghis Khan and ten thousand oh, yeah, people horns could do that. Yeah, I, they wouldn't. I think that's different from defenses, though. Like a locked door isn't like you know guns. I suppose so. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, I feel like when he's talking about like they couldn't get through that door, I mean it's just locked or deadlocked probably, and they they can't just bash their way through. Like it's strong, but it's not gonna suddenly you know just like. Point a whole bunch of guns at you and stuff. <laughs> Imagine an arm comes out the TARDIS with just a big fucking gun. <laughs> exactly. That's not. It's not a warship. It's it's designed to to travel to explore and stuff. So yeah, well, it's a it's a so, peacekeeping yeah. thing, isn't it? It's like a yeah, exactly. They are just like nerdy police. The time lords or just little vessels. What um? So that obviously then to get onto the ship, the TARDIS materializes and locks in, but it materializes around Rose. Yes, and a Dalek. And a Dalek, uh, which Jack yeah. blows up with his effective gun for one shot. Is a defabricator ray gun. Yeah, so yeah. different gun, I guess. Is it a different gun? Well, it has, not not in this episode, but like all the other big guns we've seen Jack have. This is not. It's not the defabricator. No, it's the same one. Oh, he just fixes it, doesn't he? Yeah, he just fixes it. He, well, it can only do a big gun shoot, but I reckon he keep like you said, he keeps it around Torchwood for the clothes offsetting. <laughs> that he has. Yeah, Owen walks in, he's like, oh, sorry, Owen. <laughs> I was aiming for Yanto. Um, 
the has has the TARDIS ever materialised around someone before? Yes, 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 yes. I don't know. Well, up and well, at this I, point, if talking about Classico, I don't know. No, I don't know either. Yeah, so I guess I guess not up until this point in the show. I think it has to be a choice because otherwise, surely he's landing on people on Earth all the time. I mean, yeah, but the TARDIS is smart though, isn't it? Like it won't just land on it won't just like land on a bloke passing by and suddenly like they'll be in the TARDIS. <laughs> I just love that. Yeah, but the TARDIS is smart, isn't it? It's just I love how this show comes with so many Hail Marys from the fans that are just like I don't think it's ever been explained, but it's like everyone's like, Yeah, but the Sonic can do that. Or oh, the TARDIS can do that, it's fine. No, but it is though. <laughs> it is though. In like my my favourite explanation of um of how the TARDIS chameleon circuit works is it's actually in like a. It's not even in an actual scene. It's in like an in-between scene. Like on the series five DVD, they uh, had like meanwhile in the TARDIS scenes, which are just quick little scenes set in between episodes. Yeah. Um. And there's one in between the first and second episodes with Amy and the Doctor, Matt Smith's eleventh Doctor. Um. And that's she's just asking a whole bunch of questions about the TARDIS because she's in it for the first time. Um. And she's like, "Why does it look like a police box?" And then he tells her... It's camouflage. It's disguised as a police telephone box from 1963. Every time the TARDIS materialises in a new location, within the first nanosecond of landing, it analyses its surroundings, calculates a 12-dimensional data map of everything within a thousand-mile radius, and determines which outer shell would blend in best with the environment. And then it disguises itself as a police telephone box from 1963. I just love how they've just never bothered to fix that. Um, but you can't, you can't, can you? No, they can't at this point. No, no, it'd be, it'd be madness to change it from anything else. Um, yeah, one thing I love about this, and we'll, we'll talk more about the arc of Jack uh, later on, I reckon. But one thing I love is that we know that Jack has an infamous past as a fairly successful con man, enough to have earned a living from it. Yeah, and what I think is really, really good about his con man skills yeah. is that he walks out and goes, "If you shoot us here, we'll blow up." <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling that's where you were going. <laughs> Just the dumbest. I know the show acknowledges it, but like that's the dumbest fucking thing you could say. It, it does seem strange. Yeah, that the doctor's like, "We're safe. You can't get us at all." And Jack's like. Well, I mean, they can. But... <laughs> they can if they just, you know, it, you know, it, you'd have to be a pretty smart super genius, like every fucking Dalek is. Um, but yeah, uh, no. So we obviously we've spoken about the oncoming storm, the design of the Dalek Emperor. Yes, he's a big fucking boy, isn't he? He's a big boy. Yeah, he's a big boy. Um, and is the is the little fucking creature inside him big? Is, it seems it, is it scales like, a bit weird, isn't it? But yeah, it, it's hard to tell this because obviously it's also 2005 CGI, mm. and it's like, and it's just the Doctor just looking at a, a green screen, really. So you you don't really get a sense of it. I mean, you can see there's other Daleks around him, but again, it's all CG and it's not necessarily the best representation. So it, it's difficult to tell, really. I I would say looking at him, the the little creature thing. The actual yeah. Dalek inside of the Emperor Dalek shell, I think his fleshy body would probably be about the size of half a Dalek. Mm. Which is not too much bigger than... Well, why why is he bigger, though? Because no, he, he made them all, didn't he? Oh, but he he's the only one that's not part human or made with human cells, right? Yeah. 
I don't know, maybe it's just, maybe the Emperor Dalek, maybe in the line of succession of Emperor Daleks, they're just bigger, and that's why. He's maybe just, they all got just, together and saw the biggest one, and they went, well, I guess you, you're in charge. <laughs> he just mutated bigger, did he? <laughs> yeah, someone make him a bigger case. He's obviously the leader here. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, do you, what do you think of the whole case? Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a fun, it, uh, interesting, I guess. I don't really have too many thoughts on it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I think it's, I just think it's, I think the show is using like every tool at its disposal to be like, um, we saw how troublesome it was to stop one Dalek. Yeah. So now here's a million yeah, a whole, and also there's a yeah. big fat one. <laughs> yeah. The, the emperor of the Daleks or even the god, which he calls himself. Yeah. Yeah. He's well up his own ass, isn't he? He is. And he, I, feel, I feel like everything with that emperor though, it's, it's more, um, it's all intimidation. Like, not a, this is why I don't necessarily think he is any bigger than a regular Dalek. It's I feel like he's probably just he is literally just a regular Dalek, but he's in a big case and he's got like his his guards all around him, and mm. then his voice is extra deep and loud and that sort of stuff. It's all just intimidation. There's actually nothing really special about it. So it's like a lot of fluff, right. like overcompensating. Yeah, it's all it's all very Wizard of Oz, very just. It's a big face. I never thought about it like that. Yeah, very man behind the curtain, really. Yeah, because he is. He's like he's a self-proclaimed like deity, isn't he? Like he's yeah. yeah there's nothing. If people lose their faith in him, then and to be honest, they're probably a fucking like thread away from doing so. Like uh, they make a point of being like these Daleks are not your run-of-the-mill Daleks. They're fucked up. Yeah, yeah. They're um they're like part human. They're half breeds or whatever mm. and and we've seen it before like daleks will turn on you they'll yeah. if, if you're not like if you're not like doing what you think they should do they'll turn that, and they'll... yeah they, they have such a like a strong concept of like you're weaker than us yeah um which gives them like a wild animal quality like an alpha type yeah it does actually yeah it's fucking interesting the um i tell you what the moment that mm. i remembered this episode for big like cause i knew it was a banger but like the re- the, I remember the exact moment I went, oh yeah, this one fucking slaps, was yeah. the moment when the Doctor like teased the Daleks almost, like you're driven mad by your own fucking existence. And then, yeah. then they all start exterminating the force field, and when the Doctor lays his head on the TARDIS door, and he's yeah. just like, you can just see it, he goes, oh fuck, like, yeah. I'm f- no idea. Yeah, no clue yeah. of how to do this. Yeah. And like the doctor's, he's even been in that position uh, before in this in this series. This specific doctor has been in this in this way before. But you just, it's so much bravado, like, and it's so much front for the Daleks to be like, you can't stop me. I'm the doctor. And then when he closes the TARDIS door, and it's the fact that like I don't know. I think maybe it adds to it that the force field is on the TARDIS, but they're just shooting anyway because all they have is anger. Yeah. Uh, I just yeah, I just love that moment where he just kind of goes, oh fuck <laughs> basically yeah yeah i also think it's still a bit of um residual pain as well left over because you know he's he, he's born of this doctor is born of the time war from, from his point of view he blew up his own people his own planet and for, for the good of for it was it was a terrible choice he had to make but he felt it was the right choice to get rid of the daleks because they are such an unstoppable force mm. and now there's a whole fucking fleet of them. So what was it for? Yeah. What did his people burn for? What did everyone? What did he kill his entire planet for? He has he has like a line in this. It was like he almost thought it was worth it. 
Yeah. And it's just like, Jesus, man. Like, yeah, like it's so clear that like, and I know they drew this parallel earlier on in the show, but it's so interesting again to reframe like the Daleks have nothing but hatred. And to a degree, the doctor has nothing when he's, when he's in the position of being put against a Dalek, it really shows you who the ninth doctor is. And he, he hates yeah. himself. And like mm-hmm. maybe a lot of that teasing, you hate your own existence. Like maybe that's deflection on the doctor's part because they are the reason he did what he did, and the reason and and him doing what he did is the reason why he hates himself. Um. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So so they get back to uh, satellite five to try figure out what the fuck we're gonna do. Basically, um, Rose is a little jealous of the doctor's new girlfriend. <laughs> Not the time, see. Rose. <laughs> she never she never says anything though she's, it's never something that's, that's vocalized but she's clearly got a look on her face like what the fuck is this yeah. <laughs> like, I, I was away for like five minutes yeah. I was with the android for a bit and this is what's going on <laughs> um, yeah no, I, I, I've got a note about one of the, the people as well um, I've said it's easy to think Roderick is a bit of a twat at first yeah um, and, he, but, and he is and he is but yeah. in fairness because he's going on and being like, Jack's like, there's Daleks. And he's like, never mind that. Where's my Um yeah. So like, but you have to consider, in fairness, he was chosen at random to do a life or death game of Trivial Pursuit. And he won. <laughs> yeah. I'd want my money as well. Well, yeah, <laughs> but also, there's more pressing issues at hand, man. But he doesn't believe it, does he? He's a big anti-vaxxer type fucking archetype bloke. Well, then that's his problem, not mine. <laughs> that's true. And it's not Jack's either. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah, what do you think about them? Um, so so, so where, where do we go from here? The Doctor has to build well, a Delta Wave? The Doctor has to build the Delta Wave, yes, which is... <laughs> Explode. <laughs> it's, it's just Big Bomb. It's Dalek go bye-bye button. <laughs> yeah, it's Big Bomb, okay? Um. <laughs> It's it's just big bomb burn. Um, whatever, it doesn't matter. But it's basically, um, you know, it's time war part two. It's, it's you gotta yeah. do it again. You gotta you gotta choose to destroy everyone for the good of destroying Daleks, or 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 die. Basically, that's 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 two choices. Um, so he's he's got to build the thing. Before that, though, I'm curious to know. Um, because I had a bit of a Mandela effect moment whilst watching this Okay, episode. interesting. Yeah. So for the longest time, I could swear to you now, like if I hadn't watched this episode um, uh, yesterday, um, I, I could have sworn to you that when the Doctor and Linda were having their little awkward goodbye moment mm. sort of thing, I could have sworn to you that he kissed her on the cheek. I could have absolutely said mm. that one hundred percent happened, but it didn't. No, he did. I mean, he did it... not. Gi- he did not give her a kiss in any way. No, he didn't. But but I always remember there being a kiss there. Has the doctor kissed anyone on the forehead or cheek or? I don't know. Because you get you Jack gives them both a kiss. Jack does give them both a kiss. I'm going to talk about that later, but but it, <laughs> we certainly even... will talk about. But it's it's not even like a. I don't know. It's that's why I've been calling her his girlfriend, like <laughs> in the past two episodes, because like that's how I always remembered it. Like he he gave her a because there was that little awkward hovering between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and he like gave her a kiss on the cheek, but yeah, it, it didn't happen. It it obviously didn't happen. I can't 
I don't know if I remember the moment clearly enough to think about it. Um, mm. Also now, like, I'm worried that it won't be a true Mandela effect if I say, like, yeah, I remember that too, because now I'm just remembering what you have told me might have happened. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But if, if anyone else remembers that, let me know. Am I going crazy? Did I just get it wrong? Or did the BBC change it? I'd be curious, because, like, to remember something Stuff that has specific... Changed before. Stuff has changed before. Like, I remember, I think it was for the Netflix version. They <gasps> The crime they against out... the sound of drums. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They took out the Masters Scissor Sisters dance number. Um, I can't decide. They did that. They also took out um, Martha's mum trying to take the gun and shoot the master. Did they? Yeah, because Martha's mum takes the gun from Lucy. Uh, oh, no, sorry. She takes the gun from someone. Jack settles her down. And then that's how Lucy gets the gun. But in the Netflix version, Lucy just had the gun. Doesn't the doctor get the gun from her? Um, yeah, he tells her. Um, yeah. So, fuck, someone doesn't get the gun. Maybe it's not Martha's mum. There's a there's a moment where someone shoots at the master or tries to shoot at the master that is that was cut. I think it is. I think it is Francine, and I think the doctor does talk her down. Yeah, but that was. Are you saying that was cut or not cut? I, I don't know what's cut from We've all know, lost the plot. <laughs> I only know that the Scissor Sisters moment was cut. Yeah. Um. But 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 maybe something was cut here. They couldn't have but... cut this though, because they would have had to have changed the shot. That's uh, yeah, yeah. That's true. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Let me know. Let me know if anyone else remembers that. Or if I'm just an idiot who got it wrong, which is probably the most likely scenario. So, but. The human race have knowledge of the Daleks, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, uh, Why wouldn't they? They invaded in 2008. Oh, it's true, yeah. But then everyone forgot by like 2010. Yeah, the, oh, that's going to that's gonna be the biggest thing that drives me around the fucking twist. To be fair, there is an explanation for that, though. For every single time that every one of them forgets? N- no, but for that one specifically. <laughs> okay. Yeah, fair. <laughs> There's a reason everyone on Earth forgot about Journey's End. Okay. Yeah. I can't remember what that reason is, but we will get there in five years. Do you want me to tell you? No, don't tell me now. Okay. All keep right. the keep Good. the twist. Um, right. let's talk about John Barrowman's platonic kisses. Um, yeah. No, I just I like the um the escalation of of Jack. Obviously, Jack has the reputation of just being an absolute horny maestro. Yeah. Um, but I like that in this, he's just like. He kisses Rose and you think, you, you go, oh, that's Jack being Jack. Then he kisses the Doctor, again, Jack being Jack, but it's more platonic. It's just the Jack's a passionate guy. And these might be the last lips he ever kisses. Mm. Um, and they probably would have been if Rose didn't intervene. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I just find that it was a, it was a nice moment, the goodbye. I wrote a whole thing about this. I'm just going to read you verbatim. Sure. Okay. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Look, I know by today's standards it's nothing, but we really should be praising the fact that in 2005, during prime time, Saturday night TV, what pretty much everyone up and down the country would be watching, we had two men kiss. Yeah. It wasn't played for laughs. It wasn't undercut with any awkward dialogue afterwards. It was just two men unapologetically sharing a a kiss. And quite frankly, that amazes me. Yeah, um, I think people can probably forget how homophobic things were in the early noughties, early to mid noughties and stuff. Um, so 
like like I say, by today's standard, it's it's pretty normal. Like most people wouldn't fucking blink twice at it. But in in two thousand and five, that is a big statement. Yeah, that is a big fucking fuck you. Here we go, and like that's that's something to be proud of. I think I think that's a a fucking really good thing to just put in there. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Like, because it is it is admirable that it was mm. done, and you forget, obviously, like you say, by today's standards, like that's nothing. And I yeah. my interpretation of it was like that's lovely, but like yeah. yeah, I suppose it did have a fucking impact. I suppose absolutely did. Yeah, I'm sure like a. BBC would have probably gotten a lot of fucking complaints from dickheads because of it, but I like that they 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 stuck to it. It's in there. It's it's very unapologetic, and I like that. Yeah, it's it's a very big moment. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. I think it's cool, but I like his Jack's um Jack's goodbye in there. Just the the way that the Doctor kind of goes, um, like um, Rose goes, he, oh, he'll be alright, won't he? And Jack and the Doctor's just kind of quiet. And it's yeah. like, and we know because we know what Daleks are and everything like that. And the Doctor knows, and Rose should probably have some idea. But I just like that Jack, Jack. Jack knows as well. Yeah, exactly. And I like that Jack maybe like doesn't have the biggest idea of what the Daleks are, but sees the situation and goes, "The Doctor's smarter than me. He needs to set this up. I'm not putting Rose in danger." Yeah. So he's just like, "Someone's got to go and shoot at nothing." He he knows that he's cannon fodder. Yeah. He knows that that's his job and he knows he has to get more cannon fodder. Mm. So what does he do? He lies to people. Yeah. He tell he tells them that, oh, don't worry, we've got these special bullets. They'll be able to rip through the Daleks. No issue at all. Cut to a couple of scenes later, some woman shooting at the Daleks, screaming, you lied to us. It's fucking, that's fucking chilling. <laughs> yeah. And like, brutal, man. And, and like, look, it makes you like conflicted on Jack as a character, but like, He's doing the the only thing he can do, and it's horrible. Yeah. And he probably died fucking hating that choice. And yeah. like, it probably does play a part into why he then went went away with the time he had and started or joined Torchwood, then took over Torchwood and everything else. Yeah. Um. But I no, I just love that. Um. And what the other thing I love because it kind of has a second wind to it is the Doctor hears what he's doing. The Doctor hears him encouraging civilians to die essentially and and yeah. he doesn't he doesn't stop it he doesn't have the time to stop it but even if he did he doesn't speak up because he's like i need every fucking second have? yeah he needs to fucking build the dalek bomb or whatever yeah so. <laughs> dalek bye-bye machine yeah um no i just i just i really really enjoy it but anyway yeah the big but there's um but after that there's the the great moment where the doctor suddenly got an idea he suddenly oh. knows how to save the day so he's very excited. He drags Rose into the TARDIS. He gets her to hold down the control. Oh, I just need to quickly grab something. Just hold that down. Nah, mate. I cr- it was all a ruse. I cried. It was a deadly ruse, mate. Just the the smile dropping on his face oh. once he's outside of the TARDIS. Yeah. And then him turning back around to send it off. And the, the Doctor, like, we've seen the Doctor run. The, like the first, His first fucking words on screen in the revival of Run. Um, yeah. Like, we've... That's their thing, and when he ran out, mm-hmm. and then you just see him slowly. He doesn't stop immediately. It's not a calculated thing. He just slowly grinds to a halt, and you see his arms flail. And this doctor doesn't really isn't that flamboyant. No, like Tennant and Matt Smith, especially, like they're using their arms all the fucking time. Yeah, but like just the way his arms slowly swing and grind to a halt is just like oh, 
Yeah, I don't yeah. know what it communicates to me is he's like that. It's the last, I don't know, bit of flavor he's going to have. I I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, the last like spark of yeah, the Doctor, and then and 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 specifically it, really. the Doctor and Rose. It's yeah. the last moment yeah. he can convince her that he's got it all under control. Yeah, I don't know. Just that was that's and that's why it got to me. Like I just and when like the Doctor just turns around. The TARDIS door shut and she starts going home. I just went, oh no. And I cried because it's just sad. Yeah. It is sad. It's really sad. Yeah. And the, um, yeah. And Rose's reaction to it as well when she realizes what the fuck's going on mm. and she's just like screaming and banging on the TARDIS door and stuff. And he's, and he's hearing her and like the doctor's hearing yeah. her as she goes. Um, I did put the, uh, the doctor's emergency protocol. Uh, it's just a case study in how to sum up the ninth doctor. By the way, he goes, uh, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm dead or about to die with no chance of escape. And that's okay. I hope it's a good death. Yeah. Just, that's the Ninth Doctor all over. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, fun time. <laughs> I've got a note that says, because um, obviously the Rose um, Rose lands in, he, the Doctor sent her back to uh, the Powell Estate 2005. Yeah. Um, and she's powerless. 2006? Maybe we never quite figured that out, did we? No, I think we, I think we do, because I think, I think, the Christmas invasion is is the end of two thousand and five. Right. Okay. But where's where's that missing year then? Nowhere. Two thousand. Well, you know what? You know, like when like he took her away, but she was been missing for a whole year. <gasps> oh. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So yeah, you I'm are saying. right. Where is that missing year? Because if we go towards the end of time, when David Tennant's about to regenerate. What year is it? Yeah. January 1st, 2005. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. I think maybe they just forgot and fucked the dates. Yeah, maybe. That's, that's yeah. way more likely than us trying to figure out anything yeah. canon. <laughs> Welcome to Nathan Nitpicks of Things. Yeah. Date. <laughs> oh, God, you're going to be fucking having fun with that one. <laughs> um, but I, what, I've, what I've put down is, because um, obviously the, the, the Doctor's instructions are to just have a great life, leave the TARDIS on a corner to die. That's so sad, man. It, That's so, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, just the idea of the TARDIS being just being left there to die. I don't like that. I'd use it. I'm not being funny. Yeah. If I was Rose, I'd use it as storage space. <laughs> yeah. I'd live in there. Yeah, no rent. Yeah, it's yeah, fucking true. The size of that place? You kidding me? <laughs> you fucking live there. You have any? You probably got unlimited power or whatever. Yeah, I'd live there. Man. Yeah, they say the doctor said the TARDIS will slowly die and like decompose, but like that's not in Rose's lifetime, is it? No, that's like over centuries. Yeah, she's long dead. In London? Are you kidding me? No, I'd live there, definitely. <laughs> I'd move in. To be honest, it's kind of best case scenario. She probably should have just taken the win on the no rent. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, what I like about her going back to the Powell Estate is um, just the kind of mundaneness of it. They do a really good job mm. of just showing how fucking dull and lifeless, even down... Um, to like the color grading things because it's all just very gray yeah. and bland and it's all just dull the weather's very overcast they're in a big gray like council estate there's buildings everywhere there's not much greenery or any kind of real color anywhere um, and it's just really drab and you get a real sense of just how just dull it is for her to be back there mm. um, <laughs> and even down to like the, just the mundane conversations that she's having with Mickey and Jackie. Does like, it deliver the new chippy moment, or something? Which I love. <laughs> no, there's just one moment where it's like, have you tried that new pizza place yeah. on Milton Road? Oh no, what do they do? Pizza. Yeah. 
oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> it's so nothing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just I've I've heard my family talk like that just so many times. <laughs> just the most just bullshit. They're just saying words to say words, really, just to fill the conversation. And that's that's um, I think they communicate that clearly as well because like the TARDIS lands, yeah, and like the worst thing to happen to Rose in quite some time is the most the interesting thing, thing that happens to Mickey. Yeah. And my man, he she she has to give him one more fucking knife wound to the oh, chest, doesn't she? Yeah. She she has to give him that there's nothing left on earth for me. There's nothing left here for me anymore. And he's like, nothing? No. And it's it's quick as well. Right. I what I did, uh, I wrote that down. Um because obviously their their relationship their relationship they they those two characters bleed over into season 2. Um, yes. And obviously, they Mickey, both Mickey and um, and Rose come back in like season four as stuff as well. Um, but you see, what I think that moment is is, like you say, yeah, the final knife twist, but also the definitive breakup here. Like, because because yeah. like they still have an element of like Mickey is kind of puppy dog following Rose around in season two, to an extent. But I also think that's just shared connection. Who else can they talk to about the Doctor? Uh, Mickey's known Jackie all of his life but I just think I read that moment as the reason it's so quick and the performances are great from both of them um, but it's so quick because Mickey's done begging now he's yeah. just like oh nothing Rose is like yeah nothing he's like let's get you back in a fucking space then give good fucking riddance <laughs> like, I don't I don't think it's necessarily a good riddance no no probably not but but yeah I see what you're saying it it is yeah it is a a bit another bit of a cold moment from Rose though yeah it's it's the she makes the choice so and Mickey's maybe. like I'm finally gonna listen to you on this yeah and and that's a shame yeah. for both of them but yeah I think it absolutely maybe season two maybe I'm forgetting moments from season two that will prove me wrong but I just read that as like the nail in the coffin now yeah um and I think um uh, I th- I think season two is more like Mickey will say like no we're done here like. Because he decides to stay on the other earth and stuff, doesn't he? So yeah, and maybe that's that's that is the turn for him to make a choice and completely <laughs> abandon Rose. Yeah, um, and that, I think that to be fair, I think Mickey's more than earned a few of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. I did like the conversation between Jackie and Rose, um, where they're talking about her dad. And oh, stuff. brilliant! Yeah, yeah, really, really good payoff for that episode, which again another banger. Um, I don't think Billy but, Piper but yeah. gets enough credit for her acting because mm, there's yeah. like you say the, the moment in the chip shop the moment where she is talking to Jackie um, she's great yeah. she's just absolutely fucking distraught at what's happened and like yeah. can't fathom like you say that she, like your family have done everyone's family have done it to a degree um, they're just talking nothing they're saying nothing and it means nothing yeah, and Rose is just like, no, I was better than. I don't care if that sounds knobby. I was better than this. Yeah, um, and you can really see, like, you can see how she comes across as a knob. But 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 she says though, she she's right in what she says though. It is better than this. Better because not because oh I'm better than you, but a better way of living because of the Doctor. A better way to to say no, that's not right, or to stand up and to yeah. do the right thing and to be kinder. It's it's a better way of living your life. That that's what she means mm. and. And yeah, I agree. It's 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 great. I love that moment from her. Um, I really enjoy. Uh, I think this probably happens on a few occasions where like the TARDIS loses power. It definitely happens in a few of the Russell series. 
Um, and I think maybe a couple of times in the Matt Smith run as well. Um, I really like it when I get to just see the actor play with the TARDIS set as it is with, with no fanfare, no sound effects, no lighting. It's just because like the TARDIS is supposed to be now powering down to die. Yeah. So Rose just goes over and she's like flicking knobs, but which in normal seasons of Doctor Who would be like, make noises. It's yeah. just, you just see Rose is playing with the TARDIS set. And you do, I'll be honest, you see it for its flaws. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Lawrence. But that's how you see it I'm all the time. It. I think this scene is just like, it's funny because Rose is, it's Billy Piper just flicking nuts and bolts. Yeah. And that's, that's what it is. Um, you do get the sense that like any of those controls will just break off. Yeah. In <laughs> They're all stuck together with like a bit of gorilla glue and... <laughs> Yeah. Um, I hated the uh, pivotal moment. I Ooh. I remembered something that I saw on Twitter a few years ago. I think it was it probably was a few years ago. Um, where you know the zoom out where the graffiti is revealed to say mm-hmm. "Bad Wolf" on like the playground. Yeah, <laughs> I remember someone editing it to say "Bad Gyal." Oh, great! <laughs> and I I got that memory, and I just went for fuck's sake. <laughs> I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. (laughs) It just ruined my moment in that scene. That's so stupid. I know. Mickey's got a new car. Yeah, he has. He's ditched the yellow beetle, um, and he's got himself a little Mini Cooper now. It's all about the classics, isn't it? He is, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, he's he's a mechanic, isn't he? So he's probably probably trading up every day. (laughs) <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> he does still live on a council estate, but <laughs> no. But he's like maybe he's maybe he's like wheeling and dealing. Maybe he's like someone brings it in and Mickey's like that's a write off, and then he fixes it quickly and then whips it around the power estate. Oh, and just keeps it for himself. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Times are tough. Great. Uh, yeah, he's te- yeah. Look, he was inspired by Pete back in the day, who absolutely would have been doing those things. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe. But yeah. <laughs> Uh, every day that I see a Dalek travel on the ground, I thank the fucking Lord that they're practical. Because oh, right, okay. the Daleks in the sky just look not good. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They they get better uh, as the show goes on, but mm. in 2005, they don't look great. They just look shiny yeah. and glossy and yeah, yeah and like not like the, obviously like they're not there. I think I I saw this on Twitter recently, and then it kind of got me thinking. That apparently, there's there's a problem with. Um, 
season one specifically, just in terms of like how it looked when it aired isn't like how it looks now as we're watching it. They've had to apply like weird filters and stuff over the top of it. And that's why there's like all this kind of like light bloom effect and stuff really over most of it yeah which which you do i do notice that like light bloom thing quite a yeah. lot it's it's all the way throughout it but yeah i'm not sure what it was but there was like some issues when it was first airing and it just like was hardly watchable or something is that just like, the, not the upscale from standard definition to hd no no because it's not really in any of the other series oh, okay like series two by comparison looks a lot better yeah, um, well, I'm sure we'll we'll notice that when we go. I I like it though. I think yeah. like maybe that's obviously mm-hmm. if it was a mistake, then it's not intentional. But like there is an element of like mm-hmm. it'd be cool if they leaned into a visual style for each era, for yeah. like each new Doctor. Like I I think season because you're right that there, there is that kind of bloomy effect throughout season one, but I think it gives it a distinct feeling, um, yeah. which which I quite enjoy. But if you watch like if you watch like like because it, this week this past weekend it was eighteen years since the first episode, and so there's like been like trailers from like around that era popping up. Like, and if you watch the trailers, they look like so much clearer than the actual show does. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Mm. So it's interesting to see. Well, yeah, it's the um, maybe it was like you know how like with Disney <laughs> they keep everything in like a literal vault, and then there was like vault fires that like ruined yeah. so much of their shit. Maybe yeah. there was like some sort of BBC storage issue that fucked up a lot of their copies or whatever. Well, that happened back in the day. That's why like so much of the classic series is missing. Yeah, like they ju- it was all stored on videotapes, and they were just like, "What's this? I don't know. Let's just record a new episode of Countdown over it or whatever." <laughs> I fucking love, I love how much <laughs> these things would have cost them for them to be so cavalier about it. Just like, <laughs> yeah, what's that? Fuck knows. <laughs> but, uh, just fucking throw a new episode of fucking Dickinson's Real Deal on top of it. <laughs> Um, listen that's all great but Mm. R.I.P. to a queen (laughs) no really I've got Elaine the Pain died good oh no 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 I'm talking about the android oh (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair enough (laughs) Elaine the note I have on Elaine the Pain is that she gets herself a dick appointment (laughs) come on (laughs) she does alright fair enough <laughs> um, no, I like that that bloke. That's like, I only signed up because of you. What do you see in Elaine the Pain? <laughs> She's Elaine the Pain, man. <laughs> yeah, t- no, but like when you consider what they do, I only signed up. So he had a choice, and but Elaine the Pain is enough woman for him that he has decided he wants a lifetime career of killing innocent people for fun. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty messed up now. You think about it. So I think it's a. I think it's only fair that he shoot he shoot his shot in the last possible moment, and then dies. Immediately. And then died like a fucking idiot as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But but maybe let's talk about that a little bit more later. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yes, you're right. The android is gone, but she managed to take out a few Daleks with her. So so that's good. Um, yeah. But didn't the Daleks like build her? Didn't the Daleks build all of this? Uh, like, I guess they would have done to a degree, yeah. Or like at least got someone else to build her. Yeah, I think they maybe like planted ideas. I don't. It's it's all a bit wishy washy. Yeah, it's all a bit vague, isn't it? But we we said this in the episode Dalek. Whenever the Dalek has to effectively do something that they can't do with a plunger, it will just cut, or it happens off screen. Yeah. Because like, what can they do? 
They've they've got very limited accessibility. Yeah, probably not much. Um, um, so everyone's dying. Like a whole bunch of people are dying. Uh, the Daleks go down to the bottom floors, just kill Roderick. Good. Um, and, and I uh, like one of his pleading things is, "I'm rich. I've got money." <laughs> it's like, firstly, you don't. <laughs> you definitely don't. Why? Why are you so fucking anxious for this money then? Yeah, mate. Like you're about to die. Yeah. Either way, like just go out, like as as brave as you can. That's all you can do at that point. I'd go out like a coward, though, hundred percent. I'd be pleading for my life to the last possible second. Yeah, I'd I would too. Yeah. Um. Um. So everyone's dying, and um. R.I.P. to a true queen, to the true queen, to Linda with a Y, and uh, genuinely though the. The way the fucking the Daleks just float up in, into oh. the window, and then you can't hear them, but you see the lights on the heads just blinking in the way that they would for say exterminate. Yeah, chilling, man. Really, it's, good. The, it's yeah. They light the ears light up with the syllables. Yeah. Um, are they, sorry, are they ears? They're not ears, no. I know, but they they like ears, aren't they? They're like coded as ears. I've never thought of them as ears until now. <laughs> I I hadn't either, but it, I just like realized Batman's, on my notes like Batman's ears. Yeah, but like, I I don't know. I just realised because I I wrote it down as you see the ears. I didn't think about it when I wrote it, but now I'm considering it. They're not ears, though. Are they? I know they're not ears, but they're like they're like that's like if you were drawing a little cartoon bear, that's where the ears go. I mean, I guess. am I wrong? No, you're not. <laughs> but I don't like thinking of them as ears. <laughs> they're little eeries. They're lights. <laughs> we could put a little stud in one of them and accessorise. No, they're lights. <laughs> Well, the no, Supreme Dog's got three of them. So what does that say? He's fucked up. <laughs> Emperor Dalek probably has more than two. Yeah, he's got to hear a lot more. Great. He's the Emperor. He's in charge. Great. He's listening out for all the mutinies going on. Mm. Um, no, you're right, though. But uh, well, I had a question for you. Um, <laughs> this Sorry. is certainly you not a, the... You had a question, did you? Yeah, this is... No. Another <laughs> question. It's a bad joke that doesn't make sense here. Uh, stop doing it. <laughs> no, the uh, so the is this. This is obviously the first time we see it in this in this series. But like, I don't know if you know about this or or know of this. I should say, is there any instance? Is this the, basically is this the first alternate Dalek piece we've seen? What do you mean? The um, because so the Dalek gets out his little cigarette lighter arm instead of his plunger oh i see no no definitely not in in new who yes but no definitely not there was yeah. there was all kinds of like different attachments and and shit like even even in their fucking very first storyline like they had different like fucking youth i think it the the door kind of thing is even a fucking reference to like one of the different oh, okay. attachments they had yeah i i view that as like their ranks, not maybe not ranks, but like special forces division type thing. Maybe like I've, I've every heard. Dalek platoon is kitted out with one that can burn one down can, a door. Yeah, it maybe, would make it, sense. Otherwise, seems, they would just get to that and go, "Oh, we're fucked." It seems very inefficient, though. I'd like to think they could probably just change it. They can probably yeah. just pull it back in and just change it. I mean, you, you, it would make sense, wouldn't it? But yeah, having again, a whole Dalek just to like cut down a door, like what's he doing the other like ninety nine percent of the time? It's still got its exterminator. It's still a soldier. Not plunging anyone. Though. It's still got its hairbrush exterminator gun, isn't it? Yeah, but he's not plunging anyone. No, he's not plunging. But it's rare that they do plunge anyone anyway. 
It's true. It's happened like once. Really. Yeah, that that Dalek that that Dalek is fucked. If like you know, because that's how the plunger is how it puts its plunger over the the keys to unlock the door in in Dalek, isn't it? Well, the plunger does a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it's how they like, interact with the world, basically. Do you think they ever just lock all the Daleks without a plunger in a room, and they're like, you can't get out? You can, but you have to burn down the door, which will take you <laughs> half an hour. Maybe. It's a way of like getting them to miss half their lunch break or something. Um, I don't think the Daleks have lunch breaks. They're all pranking. They must be. They're doing something. They've they've got too much sass in what future this, episodes. What's this weird world you're trying to build with Daleks? <laughs> like having lunch breaks and sassing each other and everything. As much as the show tells me that they don't, they have a concept of humour and a bit of sass and a bit of jovial behaviour. Alright. So I think they, they're they pranking. They must be pranking each other. What the fuck else have they been doing for a hundred years? <laughs> you think just just driving been, about? You think they've just been sat on their spaceship just being like, hey, pull my plunger. And yeah, then, definitely. And like, on each other or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>, absolutely. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm still yet to see... This probably has happened in the classic era because everything was silly. I'm still yet to see anyone... Like, I reckon four humans could take a Dalek just by way of rendering it unable to move. Like, well, you mean like, just by grabbing it and like tussling it? Yeah, like you think about it, right? If two of them, if two of them grab the middle piece before it is able to like wheel itself round to aim at them, yeah, and then another two just tip it over, yeah, and then like one of them could just jump on the exterminator until it disconnects. So you're absolutely right. This exact thing happens in the very first Dalek storyline, which is the second story of Doctor Who. <laughs> So, Fucking hell, they brought in them and quick, didn't they? They did, yeah. There was four episodes of the first story, which was some weird cavemen story, and then like I think the Dalek story was like fucking eight episodes or some shit, six or eight episodes um, mm. immediately after that. And, yeah. Fair. Well, look, let's let's get on with it, because there's still so much to talk about. Yeah. Um, where, do, where do we go from here? Um, we, we get the, we get the, the conversation between the Emperor Dalek and um the doctor the 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 cards on the table this is going to blow up everyone oh yeah yeah um and then love he, that. and then he's the intercut of jack being there as well and the 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 emperor trying to like almost turn him against him he's like yeah. he's going to kill you you know he's he's going to oh, this is what he's going to do this is what he does and jack's like yeah do it fucking bring it on man yeah and just the grin on the doctor's face when jack yeah. is like I, what I love about that sequence is like the doctor has someone this time. Yeah. Like he's 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 protected Rose and he knows that Jack is more than happy to die in his name. Yeah. So I just and I love like he'll live or he he won't live with it obviously but he'll he'll have to make a horrendous choice but he can kind of share the burden. Um this time around which I which I I really liked. I love that Jack just doesn't He goes doctor Jack's that's going to die. Huh? Jack's ride or die. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. he's, he's and I, there, man. He's ready to to throw down. He's ready to to die for it. So, yeah. Just just quickly, um, we won't do this for too long. Um, I because this is kind of like the last real interaction between Nine and Jack. Um, I have forever been a, a fan of the bonds that Ten and Jack have, mm. and this episode made me realize. It's kind of, uh, from memory, less fleshed out than Nine and Jack. I think Nine and Jack have a great bond. Yeah, yeah, they do. 
Um, but yeah, was, yeah. Made me, that's the that's the first thing that this season made like me do. Not, Nine and Jack obviously spent a lot more time together, and Ten and Jack really didn't spend any time together apart from the brief time in fucking um, journeys. Um, what's that one? He pops up a few. I think it's about the same. He, they got three episodes over the Sound of Drums yeah, arc, but but but. But in in terms of like episodes and stuff, it's probably works out more episodes with Ten and 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 um Jack. But in terms of like time spent physically together, like in in universe, I think. Oh, because they're they're doing their side hustles and stuff. Their they're, side they're, adventures. Yeah, they'll have had like quite a few adventures together on the side and stuff. Like yeah. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Um. All right, but yeah. So uh, anyway, back on Earth. Yeah. Um, Rose, stop showing off your wedding ring, man. I was just itching my forehead. Every two seconds, you're just like showing off my bleed. I can't help that I'm dripped out, Nathan, um, <laughs> and, and I'm dripped out in the eyes of God. Uh, I'll have you know. Um, no, right. So back it wasn't on a religious ceremony. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, back on Earth, uh, Jackie pulls up, and she owes who does she owe a favor to? Was it Howard? I think it was a. I think it began with a G. Gavin or like a Greg. Or... I don't know. I don't know. She, she, some... she mentions Howard quite a lot though, so I'm just going to say Howard. Yeah. Well, she's an. Inev- she's inevitably done some sexual favors. For come on now. For come on now yourself. Come you know on. what it is. No need to lower the tone of this. That's not lowering the show. tone. That is clearly implied. Hey, you don't ask her why. All right, but look, she's I a resource. She's a resourceful woman. All right. no, I, res- I respect it. She's she's in the time of need. She's really pulled it out of the bag. Um, so she she arrives. They they hook open the TARDIS. Rose yeah. looks into the heart of the TARDIS. Um, and I'll tell you one thing I fucking love about this moment yeah. is the second the TARDIS pings open, the doors shut, the music swells like it's the show at its full heights being like yeah. it's go time what the fuck is happening now yeah it's, it's really good and and then the uh, might be jumping ahead a little bit but then when it lands it back in the fucking satellite five and just the door swinging open and you just get the light and the silhouette of rose and all that yeah. sort of stuff really really powerful stuff i like that good stuff and i like how you can immediately like it's easy to look at this as just like this is kind of the structure of the episode but Rose was just going on about how you can put a stop to things you can say no and make a stand yeah because um, like be real she saves the doctor from himself yeah in this um, and I and I love that and the doctor's scared because Rose is <laughs> under way too much stress that a human being can take Um, I like the we kind of get like a recall from the first episode when he's like, I feel the earth turning and spinning and blah, blah, blah. That's what I am. That's what I do. Yeah. Uh, and Rose describes how she feels. And the doctor's like, that's what I see all the time. And I'm like, is it? Uh, I feel I feel like it kind of is because he's, he's mentioned that before. Like, um, he's he sees things like, because Rose is saying like she sees like all the was, all that is, all that ever could be. And mm-hmm. the doctor's mentioned something on the lines of that's how he sees things. Like he, he sees like you know, like he jumping ahead. But he later on when Jack comes back, he sees Jack and he knows that's not right. He knows that's not meant to be. And stuff. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah, Rose comes back. Um, 
I think it's a really fitting season. I know it's not where Rose's story ends, but I think it's a really interesting uh, place to wrap up Rose's arc in the season because mm-hmm. um, she started Rose. Rose becoming the like the embodiment of the power of time and space. Rose is the bad wolf. Yeah, she and, creates herself. Yeah, which is crazy. And considering she started as like a girl that worked in a shop, and her whole thing—I know it becomes Donna's thing—but like Rose was the original nothing special girl. Yeah, of Doctor Who, and I and I just really really enjoy that she ends being the most powerful fucking thing in existence. Um, even for a short time that it was. Um, but yeah, she. What does she do? She fucks them all, basically. She just burns them all. She just fucking pours the time vortex into the head of the emperor and just watches all the Daleks burn. But then she goes a little bit too far, Lawrence. Yeah, she. Uh, she sees life. She does, and, and Jack creates is it. resurrected for the first time. Fucking great plot point. Yeah. They did not know the monetary value that one decision had. Yeah, I, yeah, I wonder. I'd be interested to know. Like, did they, did they have plans with Jack? Did they know things? Torchwood got a mention in the last episode. It so did. Yeah, maybe. And and Torchwood, the first season of Torchwood came out like pretty close after the second season of Doctor Who finished. So it couldn't have been too long after this series ended that they would have gone into production on Torchwood. Yeah, there must have been a point where Russell went, thank God we didn't fucking kill him. Yeah. So I don't know, I'd be interested to, to see what was what was planned and stuff. Also, I just I just love it. And I wish the show, I know he's he came back recently, but like I wish the show took more advantage of the fact that they have an immortal companion. Yeah. The Doctor can travel a billion years into the fucking human race's future and Jack will probably be there. Yeah. I just, I, I wish the show took more advantage of that. But anyway, at, at, as it stands... Just a great setup for more to come with Jack. Yeah, yeah. Not um, anytime soon, though. No, 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 not not quite yet. <laughs> yeah. See you later, Jack. Well, maybe because the face of Bo is in the next no, few no, episodes. No, no, no. <laughs> let's uh, let's put that in a draw. Oh, and, you'll uh, have to acknowledge it at some point. You will uh, have to. No, I refuse. I you. refuse. How does he know you? He's not alone. How does he know the Yana? How does he know it? He's a big old face. He knows a lot of shit. All right. <laughs> It's like Zordon from Power Rangers. Yeah, he knows because face. he's a big face. He knows a lot of stuff, all right? He's a big, big old face. Big faces know stuff. He's that big, is how it goes. He's a big head in a jar. Um, yes, so Lil Smooch. Lil Smooch. Yeah, Lil Smooch. Lil, Lil Smooch. Smooch. To save Rose. What are, you, what are you thinking about this? I don't mind the Smooch. I hate, I think you need a doctor. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit... Mm. It's a bit come here, darling, isn't it? Like, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure about that one. Yeah, no, yeah, the line's not great. Um, the kiss is—I I don't know. I have mixed. I feel feelings. it's misplaced. I have mixed feelings on the kiss because it—it mm. it seems just like one of those very of the era things. Like, oh, we've got a we got a show. We need a big kiss between the guy yeah. and the girl to you know we need the the romantic thing. Um, and I've said, you know, I'm, I definitely think there is the romance between Nine and Rose there, but I, I don't know. This this moment just seems. It, I, I guess it doesn't really feel earned because because it's not necessarily technically Rose. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I have mixed feelings about it. Really, I I, I don't mind it so much. Like as in, it doesn't bother me. I think narratively, it just 
it lands in this weird kind of bubble where I think while I don't want to deny that Nine and Rose absolutely had a romantic connection. Yeah. Uh, and I think beyond my, my take on it the other couple of weeks back was that it's more uh, an immature admiration on Rose's part and a longing for connection on the Doctor's part. Yeah. Um, I think that that's evolved because clearly Rose has evolved as a character over the season. Um, but I still think it 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 should have always been unsaid and tragic with Nine and Rose. I just I prefer the idea that they never quite got there. Wrong. Um, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but they kiss right. You got what you wanted. They kiss then. Well, well, no. Again, though, I have mixed feelings on it because again, it's. It's not. It's not really Rose, though, is it? You know what I'm saying? It's. It's the weirdly British bad wolf. Yeah, she she gets very posh all of a sudden. Doesn't she? I see life. <laughs> I create it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a bit like that. Um, but hey, mate, that's just what the time vortex does to you. Um, uh, and then and then that's 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 it really. The doctor has absorbed the time vortex. He's he's not doing so well. What one thing that I love uh, is the uh, once the doctor he opens his mouth he so he kisses the time vortex out of Rose. Oh, and he doesn't kill everyone because Rose saved the day. Yeah, yeah. So he did, which is great. So, yeah, but he also lo- wasn't going to kill everyone. No, probably not. But well, he said he, it. Yeah, he did say it. Yeah, yeah. Good on him. Good for you, Doctor. Being Rose. Yeah, it's it's one of the fewer moments you can be proud of being a coward, but. Yeah, I guess it makes sense in the context. I like it. Um, Gross. The moment, the moment that you see the the doctor release the time vortex from his mouth, that's just done a big kiss. Yeah. Um, as silly as the the kind of moment is to a degree, um, I love that you can just see. It, it's such a subtle choice from Christopher Eccleston. You can just see he's dead. He knows he's yeah. dead. Hundred percent. Yeah. And and it's fucking sad. It is sad. Yeah. There's just this. Almost bittersweet smile on his face as he yeah. knows it's it's coming to an end now, and, and it's and it's like the, I think it, it the lesson learnt from him is so wonderful. I think the show, this the way that this episode frames obviously the parallels of the time war and everything, but mm. it shows that he made a choice, like he made a choice to trust someone, and that person saved him from having to do all of this all again. Yeah, uh, and it's and it just opens him up to a more optimistic outlook and the bit of sweetness sweetness of it comes is that that that's gonna that outlook is gonna be for a doctor that isn't him and 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 maybe that does feed into who he becomes next more of a yeah kind of happy the go lucky guy more of a bit of a you know a cheery cheeky chappy as it were yeah so. and no second chances kind of man except for all the second chances he gives <laughs> come on now <laughs> it was early on i, re- I don't understand um, um uh, yes, so they go. Jack's left behind. Alpha Jack, sorry. Why do you think that is here? Because, again, he knows. It's prejudice. I, I just... I've never bought into that choice. It's prejudice. But, like, he's fine he's with... meant to be. But then, like, a million fucking other companions do this weird shit. What weird shit? Rose has just done some weird shit that isn't meant to be. Yeah, but Jack specifically is not meant to be. Why Jack? Rose brought him back to life. Yeah, but fucking Rose absorbed the time vortex. Donna is like the culmination of a fucking like 
crazy coincidence power type thing. Yeah, and she created the Meta, meta Crisis Doctor. And what did he do to him? Oh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I he's, just feel he's, like there's... Look, he's a little bit racist, all right? <laughs> doesn't, he, doesn't he let fucking... I don't know this, for, and I could be paraphrasing, and maybe don't correct me if I'm wrong. Just tell me if I'm wrong. Because right. I, I don't necessarily want to know. But doesn't he, like... Isn't Clara dead? But then, like, he's like, that's that's you can a whole kind of be alive again if you want. That's a whole different scenario. That's okay. That's there's like yes, but there's reasons and stuff. Like that's a whole other thing. Like okay, there's a lot of context to that. Fair. Well, maybe if he let Jack explain. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think it's a fucking massive L for no reason on Jack. Me. <laughs> Does he know he's alive, though? I think well, Rose would probably have an idea. Yeah, but, oh, but Rose kind passed, passed out. Yeah. Maybe not. Uh, he I don't says know. later that he, he knew or whatever. But Yeah, because Jack's salty is like, when you left me. Yeah. And Doctor's like, yeah, I've got a new haircut, though. <laughs> <laughs> what do you make of it? Uh, anyway, look, let's... Mm-hmm. We're, we're so far into this and we haven't even touched on... The first new revival era regeneration. God, it's quaint. It's so quaint. <laughs> it's so quaint compared to, <laughs> to what we get. Like, the, the whole body just explodes now in this big fit of fire. And it goes the TARDIS on blows up. And the TARDIS is having a fucking panic attack and everything. <laughs> <laughs> but this was just so... Ooh, a little regeneration. Yeah, just a just a small one. Yeah, <laughs> quick regen. Yeah, yeah, it, it was very quaint compared to what we've got recently. Um, but it was quaint back in the day, wasn't it? The TARDIS never had a panic attack. It was normally just like whatever visual effect was cool of the time. Yeah, it they always did to the Doctor. It, yeah, it always looks different. This is the first like kind of uniform. Re- well, I guess. It well, not uniform. necessarily. Yeah. Yeah, but the first of them. Really? Yeah. So. It, it's it set the standard for the next one to become a tradition. Yeah, yeah. But even then, exactly. it's still the fire has always looked a little bit different. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, as the VFX get better over time. That's well, no, but like, really... like I think I think the um, and I think in in Jodie Whittaker's it was more lightning than fire. So. Yeah, it was. It was more like more of a colorful fire as well. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. kept the flame. Thing. It, it's kept like the base look, um, but I I do think it is just really VFX game better. Really. Yeah, this one I've always liked. This one, the one thing that always sticks out to me is that you just see David Tennant's big hair grow, big bald head, big bald <laughs> David Tennant, and then suddenly his hair grows. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but before before the regeneration though itself, there's obviously the moment where he's talking to Rose and explaining. Or kind of explaining what's going to happen and stuff. Yeah, might have two heads, might have no head. Pretty I, I get that he's a bit right. Is it? I've always thought about it as this: um, the Doctor goes a bit loopy after a regeneration. Yeah, not before. No, I don't think he's loopy. He's just. I think he's just being the Doctor, and he's probably more than likely trying to keep Rose just distract Rose a little bit more than anything but yeah, I, I think... don't want to show my cards too early Nathan but alright I think he could have done a better job <laughs> maybe no, warning I... his friend <laughs> I think I think it's just a little bit of like 
he's about to physically fucking change everything about he's about to fucking explode and completely change um mm. which and she doesn't know anything about this she doesn't know what that is or why that happens and suddenly she's gonna have this fucking new bloke in front of her let's you know let's not scare her let's not be like i'm going to change or whatever let's just be like oh let's just be happy go lucky with it you know i might have nowhere who knows <laughs> i want that be funny but uh, like worst case scenario if he did have no head is is maybe preempting and warning rose a bit more seriously about what could happen less scary than the doctor blowing up and then just being in the same clothes but having no head would she not just assume that christopher eccleston's doctor has just been decapitated by an explosion I don't know. I'm not not the doctor, all right? I can't tell you what was going through his mind. I know. I know. Um, Regeneration speeches, they've they've become a big thing. They have become... They've become like a a chance to say goodbye and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's the swan song, isn't it? Yeah, of course, of course. And Chris really necessarily didn't get a chance to do that because he only really did one season, really. So there wasn't time for, like, that relationship to be built up, I guess. Yeah, and I th- I think it's a fitting, I think it's a fitting end for nine though. He's a, did, he's always yeah. been a man of few words. Yeah, yeah, it's true. That's true. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely quite fitting for us. I do like that you were fantastic, and so was yeah. I. I like that moment. That's a that's a really nice moment. Which just speaks to the, he's got some self acceptance back. Yeah, 100%. I like that he dies liking himself again. Yeah, hunge, hunge, <laughs> hunge. A hundred percent, hunch. This is terrible. Are you flagging? Hunch. No, I'm saying hunch. Yeah, man, hunch. Hunch. hundred percent. First first look at David Tennant. Yep, so sadly, the ninth Doctor is gone. He's regenerated. And uh, our cheeky chappy is here. A young boy. What a oh, he's youth- so young. What a youthful little boy he is. <laughs> I forgot... How many years ago this was? Yeah, because David Tennant has kept up in the public eye. Yeah, he's about, and he's, he's had. He, I tell you what, this Doctor looks suspiciously quite similar <laughs> to the current Doctor. <laughs> Mental stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's back. He's young. He's he's there for the first first time. He's young. He he's he's handsome. Um, he's got some new teeth. Yeah, don't get much from him. No, no, it's it's really just a very. It's almost like really not that similar to who he is really no not like, particularly it's quite low-key really isn't it yeah be great it'd be great if they had the foresight if he just regenerates and then he goes well new teeth <laughs> yeah it's um, true like um i mean we said the regenerations have become quaint but also i guess the introduction of the doctor has this is also a little bit quaint because it's always like a big thing, like the TARDIS is exploding and we need to land, or I don't know where I am or was where we're crashing, and there's all kinds of stuff going on. So there's a significant lack of this Doctor Fleming on the TARDIS. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Little too little Flem, if you ask me. Um, no, I like him. He's good. Uh, one thing I've always really liked is seeing the new Doctor in the old Doctor's costume. Yeah. I've always really liked that. And I think David Tennant rocks the leather jacket nicely. A hundred percent think we were robbed with David Tennant re- very recently. Just his, his outfit regenerated too. 
when he when Jody Whitaker regenerated into him. I think I think that's a bit of a coward move, Russell. Yeah, it's a coward if, move. If there's not a canon reason for it, or if the canon there's reason not, is bullshit, then the, fuck that. I've, I don't think there is because he's already said in an interview with Doctor Who magazine it was it was a specific choice because he didn't want a man in woman's clothes. So yuck, yuck, yuck. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. <laughs> right, we've we've been here for too long, Nathan. What do we do at this point in the show? Uh we do this. Weirdo of the week. Weirdo. What a lovely dance break. It's everybody's favourite segment of the show, Weirdo of the Week, where we get a chance to take a look back and reflect on some of the weird, wonderful, and grubby little characters who come across our screen each and every week in Doki Who, the show that we all love so very much. Uh, so, Lawrence, who are you reflecting on this week for your weirdo? Uh, so I already gave it away a little bit, so I'll be quick, and we've kind of already had this conversation. Uh, yes. I think the Doctor, in his in full well knowing that he's about to become an entirely different person he's a bit of a weirdo for not giving Rose any sort of heads up on that beyond I I might have no heads I disagree that's fine he's my weirdo also (laughs) I understand it's not particularly a strong choice but I think we're also in lieu of any possible candidates for weirdo of the week this week what do you mean I just don't think there's many there's, There's not many. It's also a two-parter, and it's most of the same characters as last week. So yeah. that's that's always tricky. That being said, my weirdo of the week is Elaine the Payne's boyfriend, um, <laughs> specifically because when um, when she died, he just did that stupid thing of just shooting over the top of the barrier and just I will avenge you yeah and just screaming as he just wildly just shook his gun about and fired <laughs> into nothing basically yeah what an absolute idiot just stupid decision yeah it's very very strange decision that's Although what you I get did, like for, that's what you get for going out with Elaine the pain <laughs> yeah she really was a pain until the end wasn't she <laughs> yeah she gave him a wink though it was a bit sexy yeah she did give him a wink Elaine the sexy <laughs> Elaine the sexy <laughs> very good uh, very erotic. wicked well that's us um it's so, been so that's it that's that's the yeah. ninth doctor done fucking no more incredible season of tv yes uh that i definitely took for granted uh and didn't hunch. realize was as good as it was yeah hunch. um I, I stop saying time. hunch i will not i had a great time with season one it was really good to spend this time with the ninth doctor um, and, and and I am looking forward to revisiting the 10th and seeing what comes next. Get off your phone. We're doing a <laughs> podcast. I know, but I'm waiting for you to... We're going to wrap it up. It's <laughs> fine. We'll, we'll, we'll pay attention until we do. I, did, I saw you on your phone at one point. I didn't tell. I'm I didn't not tell. now. Oh, okay. So now it's not fair. <laughs> yeah, get off your phone. Fuck's sake. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I will say next week... We are obviously doing the Christmas Invasion, which is uh, David Tennant's first full episode. Um, but we will also briefly be discussing the Children in Need Minnesota special. Um, I believe it's was it called uh, a Born Again, a Children in Need special, two thousand and five. Um, so you can look that up on YouTube if you want to watch it. We will just briefly be discussing that because it's set 
in between this episode and the next. Um, and then, of course, we'll go into the full discussion of the Christmas invasion. Um, but Ooh. yes, that is it, Lawrence. It's been a fun time, a fun ride. Uh, thank you all those that have for joining us on it. Um, onwards and upwards. Hopefully season two is as good as I remember it being as well. Do you want to wrap up the show? Oh, I suppose I should. <laughs> I've been on my phone, Nathan. I'm yes. all thrown for a loop. Um, yeah, what we do here is not this. We intro, <laughs> we outro, fuck. My God. If you have enjoyed this, uh, they're out every single Monday at 10 a.m. Uh, you can also follow us for some fun little Doctor Who related conversations. Not so much polls because Elon Musk is a twat. Polls are illegal now for us plebs who don't pay yeah. for Twitter blue or whatever. But yeah, we are. if you want to find us there, we are at another happy pod. No, we're not. We're at Still Got Legs pod. You can follow us at another happy pod as well, though. Yeah, let's do both while we're here. Yeah. We've done a whole season of TV now. Fucking come on. It's all good. It's all good, man. Not that one. It's, it's nothing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. See you in season two, baby. Or in the children in need. Um thing and the Christmas special alright um, and I'll, I'll just say apropos of nothing um, that you can also rate and review the show oh if yeah you... <laughs> um, you can go to your podcast app of choice just go to the rate and view system and give us the top marks um, whatever that may be 5 stars, 10 thumbs up, whatever it may be just give us the top one tell us what you want though, slag us off tell us Lawrence looks like a cunt um, that he's a dickhead, that he's always on his phone, that he's showing off his wedding ring, that he's an ugly <laughs> fucking prick, um, just say whatever you want about him, that's absolutely fine it's true, um, please do slander me like this absolutely, and uh, yeah we will love that and we will thank you very much um, I've been Nathan he's been Lawrence, this has been Doki Who Season 1, until next time Stay groovy. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.